0: Live mic, live camera. You realize this is the third time we've done this, but none of my episodes with you have aired yet. Yeah,
1: none of my episodes have aired either. So that's like Well a really- but you've
0: had a podcast before that has aired. It's just you've had some episodes that haven't. But I this is our third interview. Yeah,
1: it's it's honestly embarrassing at this point. I think it's pretty <laughs> hilarious because I've like had the worst podcasting introduction and I don't even know if this means that I'm gonna be like a good podcast or a bad one because I don't know if I told you this but the first podcast I ever posted got copyrighted and taken down oh, because no. the name <laughs> the name of the podcast was already taken that email our professors yeah so you know I've really had the the worst uh podcasting experience Well
0: if you have the recordings of our prior two I interviews do. if either of you or I become super famous, <laughs> then we're going to be able to sell those for a ton or of they, money. Those are going to be good. We're yeah. going to turn
1: those to like NFTs or something.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but it's just going to be like one of those uncut gems that like never got released. They're like, if you love hearing Adaro and Peter talk, check out this conversation from 2020 is and it, this one from
1: 2019. Is it going to be uh, like the, the last dance of like the financial services industry that's right. or something? <laughs> Unseen footage. I'm just, see- I'm like picturing <laughs> all the Michael
0: Jordan gifts, uh, right now. Yes.
1: That is hilarious. Okay. So honestly, the first question, which for you guys that don't know, I told Peter, I'm not, I don't have any specific questions for him like written out because I just wanted this to we're just going to talk about we're just going to talk pizza.
0: about <laughs> <laughs> that's what I came he told me he was making me a frozen pizza it's really the only reason I'm here uh,
1: no little yeah. do you know uh, this is what happens when you're a broke kid out of uh, college my oven doesn't even work right uh, he might have like half a pro- frozen and half a cooked pizza but yesterday night I woke up like at I don't know I think like 3 or 4 a.m. and you know YouTube algorithm I said I would say I think it knows me pretty well And, uh, the first thing that showed up, this is actually gonna be a really bad introduction to this, but the first thing that showed up was, uh, the, what, a something made off Ponzi scheme. And I remember, I remember, uh, one of the wealth managers of our firm mentioning that, mentioning him inside of one of our client meetings, I was like, oh, I should look up this dude. So the algorithm, you know, heard me, and it, it showed a video on him. I was like, I should look up what the heck a Ponzi scheme is. <laughs> so as I was watching it, mind you, this is 4 a.m. <laughs> I should not be awake at this time. I just can't go back to sleep. Mind you, like, I'm watching, I'm like, oh, my gosh. What if Bitcoin is just a big Ponzi scheme? So, Peter, what I need you to answer for Whoa. all of us, including myself, is could Bitcoin be a Ponzi scheme? Is that, like, theoretically, like is that a possibility?
0: So here's what most certainly could be a Ponzi uh-huh. scheme within the crypto space is you got all these coins built off of Ethereum. Uh-huh. So like for those who aren't know, I mean, most of your listenership's probably younger. And so like an old dude, like me, okay. they, like, they know, <laughs> they know what crypto is. But like, yeah. So for Ethereum, like you can build, you know, it's basically what allows you to build other sort of smart contracts. And there's a lot of tokens and coins out there that are, Definitively I mean, I don't want to use profanity on here. Yeah, you know, okay. you like yeah. they're S coins. Uh-huh. Uh okay. and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are probably more Ponzi scheme-esque. I think any time that there's a financial asset that people are buying because it has gone up, there is like it's not a Ponzi scheme, but somebody does get left in yeah, the yeah. bag. Yeah. And I'm not saying Bitcoin is gonna blow up or Ethereum or any of the crypto. I, I do think there is gonna be spaces in uh-huh. the digital asset. Marketplace. So yeah. NFTs, alternative digital tokens. There's going to be a lot of stuff that I think is going to blow up.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you did say that, you know, my viewership or my listenership that technically doesn't even exist yet is, you know, theoretically a lot younger. And I think this is a good time for all of us to, you know, not gang up on you, but theoretically, oh. you know, you are the, you are the millennial here. I have no gray hairs. <laughs> None. You are technically the oldest one and you did start working in the financial services industry. Like around like two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, yeah, right? Yeah, I
0: graduated in two thousand seven and I spent all of like three months in a job before we had the great financial crisis. Yeah, and, so and uh, it this, was wild.
1: Yeah, so basically this is you're you're part of the the reason. You know, this is kind of your fault. So I guess all in all, <laughs> like my thing is I always have I've always said that I think all of the negatives that cryptocurrencies bring, I think it's I think it has to do with a lot of the I guess you can say maybe the older generation inside of the financial services industry. Not that like they intended to create this, but I think it was a lot of their, I don't know, just like negligence. And maybe uh I would even add on top of that, like misinformation and maybe even like, you know, telling people that investing and money planning is only about investment returns, even though I know you don't say any of this. But, yeah, yeah. you know, Peter... I'm here
0: to say it's your fault. No, man. <laughs> no I'm joking. I'm going to have to sleep on That's going to keep me up at night being like, how did I do this? But I will say people like people love this stuff because it's going up like crazy. Yeah. And people want a shortcut. We're always looking for shortcuts, yeah, not yeah, just the money. Yeah. There is literally no shortcut to getting rich. <laughs> like if you work hard... And you save and you invest in a way where you just like minimize mistakes, like you will grow wealth. It is boring. It takes a long time. Like if I could figure out a way to get rich faster, I most certainly would. I agree. Yeah. Uh but you know, I don't own any crypto myself. I'm not like anti crypto. Mm -hmm. I just have gotten to a place where I know what my financial plan says and I don't need any assets in it to go bonkers in order for me to retire someday. And, like, I'm cool with just average market returns. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I'd take, like, slightly yeah. above average. <laughs> maybe like, just, that'd
1: be cool. Maybe you'll take, uh, you know, 2020, like, every year, maybe, or something yeah, like
0: that. But, like, <laughs> the whole even concept of Bitcoin is, like, a beautiful idea. Yeah, I would agree. It was supposed agree. to be a currency. It didn't work. Yeah. That didn't work. Okay? It's an asset. So, like, let's see. Yeah, it's an asset. It's, like, digital gold at best. Or it's, like, a collectible, like, a baseball card. And I'm not trying to talk down to it. Uh-huh. People always, when I was like, if I say Beanie Baby, they're, like, don't talk down to I'm like okay, the same collectible.
1: It art. seems like there's some people who have beef with the gold, uh, so, uh, uh, with the with yeah. calling it like a, a basically like what did you say? Like digital, digital gold. gold?
0: Yeah, because I spent my whole part of my career where like there are what you call gold bugs. Uh-huh. So they're the same thing. They're the baby boomer equivalent of people with laser eyes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the gold okay. bugs. Okay. Gold. <laughs> the, and they would tell you gold works. In basically every different scenario. It's like it works in inflation, deflation, recession, expansion, like, and that's what the people who are overly enthusiastic about crypto, they're like, it works for everything. And they throw out random stats, like Mm -hmm. the people who are real, like. Oh, I know where you're going. Come on. No, I, well, like you sent me like, what's the, like it trades more days (laughs) in a year. And so. Yeah, so uh, Donald sends me this clip, and I go, "Who is this clown?" Because he's trying to say crypto's less volatile because it (laughs) trades more days a year. And I'm like, "No, that is oh my!"
1: (laughs) No, I'm so glad. I'm glad that you said it. But it's it's honestly hilarious to me because I've like come to realize, like you know, the more people that I talk to especially whenever it comes to their finance. I'm just like, Oh, hold on. you're looking for a shortcut. Like you don't want financial right. advice. Right. You really want to figure out a way to not save money. Like that's legit. And it's so funny to me. Like,
0: yeah. Well, and there's, there's a point where like people just have to learn it the hard way. And yeah. That's, that's too bad. I think the hard lessons I learned where I did a lot, of individual stock buying. Mm-hmm. And I totally endorse that. I think that's how I learned about investing when I was younger. And it's how I took interest. And there was like an aha moment. Um, there was one book in particular that turned around for me. It's called, uh, the success equation it talks about skill and luck. And, uh, it turned everything around for me where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so these stocks I've done really well on, I was able to be like, that was probably mostly luck and things that I got crushed on. There was also some bad luck, but like, yeah, yeah. also I know some of the smartest people and it doesn't matter how smart you are. Mm-hmm. You really just have to minimize mistakes. And so it's boring. But it works. Yeah. It works super well.
1: I, I think that I almost came to a realization the other day. I feel like I have like epiphanies like maybe six times a week. Uh, I should probably write them down more often. Uh, but I had like an epiphany. I was like, Oh, I think behaviorally for my generation, it is almost like optimal for someone to have a play account. Like yeah. I do not think that you can get through like your financial plan without because I, I think that the hard part was like as I would like talk to a lot of my friends about this, I'm like viewing it through this academic approach. I'm talking about the long-term benefits and, you know, like in some ways, you know, I'm kind of sounding kind of cool, you know, cause I'm really just stealing everything that I've heard (laughs) inside of of the wealth management training and making my friends think that I'm way smarter than I ever am. But I I think I just kind of realized like, Oh, this is a really big social aspect to people's lives. Like a really big part of like conversations that people have. and, And I feel like it's almost been a downside for me because I studied financial planning in school. Like, you know, my in, like our investments professor was talking about the efficient market hypothesis. So it's just like I never day traded because I hate losing money. I like a lot of money, you know. So it's just like I'm like, ah, oh, like I, I can't really see myself like willingly trade. But then uh, on the same on the same uh, on the same hand, like it's honestly kind of caused, uh, I would even say some issues with conversations with friends because I can't even conversate. Right. On the things that they're doing because I don't even participate in that. Just know that it's not right, but you know, I, I don't know. Do you get what I mean by I that? I
0: do. So like, I'm going to go to my son's soccer game and uh, there's a dad there who's <laughs> oh, going to show me his, be... his <laughs> crypto portfolio. No, and I love it. And actually I live vicariously through him and he'll wake up and he'll be like, dude, my shaboo coin is up. Uh, I was actually with another guy who had, and I don't, I'm not even saying the coin name right. It was like Shibu something. Uh-huh. And he's like, I have 128 million Shibubu coins. And I texted my other buddy on the seat and I'd be like, dude, this guy has 128 million. He goes, I have 250. Million. I'm like, what is everyone talking about? But the thing is, so there's, there's that socially. And then I go to people, you know, a, another dad in my son's class texted me asking me for AI stock tips. I was like, look, I don't really know. That's like it. You can't get rich quick. Like I can't even predict the outcome of a sporting game that I watch. Right, you know, like it's, yeah. just, it's hard.
1: I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm like, man, these PTA meetings with Peter Lazaroff must be phenomenal. Like it's yeah. so, it's probably the most interesting thing in the world. Like your, your son's like. Probably their friends think that you're the coolest dad out of all of them. No. Like your dad always, my dad's always talking about your dad's
0: articles and investing in Shibubu coins or something like I don't know.
1: I just feel like you know the fourth grade
0: fourth so like they like i have a book and okay i'm on tv like the, being on tv like the kids have never found that impressive my <laughs> wife doesn't find that impressive. she's just like whatever like i've seen that before i see that guy every day like why do i have to now like, tv is supposed to be the escape like why do i have to listen to that guy on tv uh but now like my oldest kid who's eight is starting to like kind of get that that's cool okay Um, (laughs) but he still has to be convinced he's like right on the precipice of the age where like mom and dad are still like kind of cool yeah i think like i'm a year two away from just being like flat out not cool Um,
1: i should honestly expose myself and say don't expose yourself (laughs) that <laughs> No, oh, yeah. nah, it's all right. I think Mike will approve this. Honestly, I my hope is that as I continue to like podcast more, I always want to refer to Mike, you know, just yeah. as Mike. And shout
0: out to Mike on compliance, man. Yeah.
1: I just hope that people never figure out who he is, that he's just this random guy that I'm referring to is just Mike from compliance. But he is a real person. But yeah, I'll always well, just refer to be to clear.
0: Him. Because Mike is going to be listening, he does way more than that, and we are super appreciative of Mike's my, contribution. Yeah. Don't laugh, Mike is helpful. No, 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 I love uh,
1: Mike. It's just funny because you know I'm thinking of the random person who is was, uh, you know, maybe in my marketing class in college, and just like hearing about this guy named Mike. Mike is phenomenal, but uh, I'm not going to expose myself physically, but emotionally. Yes. <laughs> I've always said that one of my number one worries, well, not worries, one of my number one rules as far as like dating is like I could never date someone in the financial services industry because, like, I don't want to come home (laughs) and say, like, hey, yeah, you know, at work, man, we found this, like, complication and we fixed it with, like, this Roth conversion, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, my wife just hits me with, oh, we would have done that, like, two months ago. And it's just like, (laughs) dang, like, let me come home and think that I'm cool, you know? Like, that's just, that's my biggest worry. So if you're in the financial services industry, I'm sorry, we can never date.
0: Yeah, you're off the market, it's, financial players. Yeah. Well, so like I feel like uh so happily married for eleven years, but if I were your age and I had my existing skill set. Well, no, I was gonna say like the I'm investment driven, so I would need to marry a planner because like I don't you know, I know enough to be dangerous, but I need yeah. it's part of the reason I have an advisor. I need somebody to like hold me accountable yeah. and stuff. I could not marry another CIO though, because really? investing is like religion. You like, know what? There's some
1: truth. To this uh-huh. yeah
0: like you and it's part of the reason why like you and i'll get in social situations and people understand like what we do for a living and so they ask questions that are so far off base from what is truly appropriate <laughs> uh-huh. but also you're trying to be socials you're not mm-hmm. like, going to convert somebody's religion on the spot so um, uh uh-huh. i'm very glad that my wife is not a cio mm-hmm. um <laughs> i think that that would not go well but you know actually we're really aligned on a lot of like life value stuff but uh-huh. even then. I always tell people on like the investment committee, if each member of the investment committee is like 90% aligned with what we're doing, that's super high because it's a group decision. Yeah. 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 And it's not like I'm seeing I'm chief investment officer, but I don't get to make every decision. Yeah. I steward us towards good decisions, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's like religion. So if you marry – maybe you can't marry a planner, but maybe you can marry like an investment uh, – like a CIO. You know, Peter – A in, director in, of investment in, research, you know, in, something like that.
1: See, you're trying to get me in trouble because the reality is like I might have – I might have some uh pride issues, you know, like, so the fact of. You got to marry it, someone smarter
0: than
1: you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm cool if she's smarter than me, but it's just like, let's just keep it outside of like the wealth management realm. Like, okay. you know, like doctor, you know, lawyer. I can. Would you be okay with planner? an
0: accountant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Of we work with a lot of CPAs. Like he thought about it for a second.
1: Yeah, because my you know my thought, CP, yeah. yeah, my thought is like, you know, she starts off as like a CPA and it's like 10 years later it's like, man, you know, I've been thinking about switching over to financial planning. I'm like, don't and do it. Again,
0: I'm like, don't even think about it. So, somehow, so this is uh again, we mentioned at the top of the show that I don't know if that gets on air if that's just our banter, but you know, like this is the third time we've done this. Yeah. <laughs> Third time. I'm looking at the camera. I feel up. so.
1: It's,
0: I'm, I really do
1: feel bad. I apologize in advance. Oh no!
0: Well, I mean, I it's like. it like. Out a, anyways,
1: we talk. Anyways, one year I, anniversary of our first one or second one. One is year, that right? Probably like close to this time frame. We're gonna
0: celebrate. Yeah, probably get like a frozen pizza. <laughs> uh, Adaro had no idea how much I love cookies and frozen pizza and investment analysis. Those are my loves in life. The three. Uh, the I think it's it's. Well, cereal somewhere up there. I'm going to put investing <laughs> above cereal, but, um, frozen Pizza Cookies. Okay. Investing cereal sea otters. Favorite
1: cookie shop in St. Louis?
0: Oh man, there's a place right across from the pageant. Um, don't even know what the pageant it, is. Uh, so the pageant's like a stage. Uh, it's like a concert venue in uh-huh. Pinup Bowl and, uh, it's something with a bear in the name, uh-huh. uh, but the, you choose what cookies you want and then what kind of ice cream you want in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you have a food like color. Ice cream sample. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it's really good.
1: Yeah, a food coma. Okay. So w- one, one question I, I do have, or I'm curious to see how you feel about this, but I feel like there's a, man, I'm just going to go there. Okay. I, I think there's a, there's a pretty big, cause I can just cut this out if I need to. Well, I yeah. think I think there's a pretty big, uh, disconnect that we see inside of the the wealth management industry whereas um, I think that a lot of existing wealth management firms that have tried to I guess you can say make different spaces a little bit more available for you know as some people call it Henry's like high yeah. earners not yeah. rich yet but at the same time you know wealth in wealth management, like it is a business. Like we provide a service and I don't even think I'm as embarrassed as I used to feel as far as like the fact of, you know, it can be expensive, but I think it's rightfully so. Like a lot of the services that we provide to clients, I think is like in some ways almost like an invaluable, like it is so awesome what we get to do for people. But at the same time, like I said, it is expensive. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is how do you, how do you feel like the, the in-between will, will be served eventually. Like, and what I mean by the in-between is like, you know, I'm not talking about like your 25 year old who's fresh out of college with, you know, $65,000 in debt, but I'm referring about the, I don't know, like the 32 year old who's probably starting to make $250,000 a year and, or 250 might be a little high, but maybe like 170 and like they're starting Why to just call in there. Us, all
0: those 32 year olds making 200 K and up. Give us a call. We'll help you out. Right? Yeah. yeah, they'll they'll definitely be OK. Yeah. But I guess I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, how do you think that?
1: Yeah. What do you think the solution will be for for those people?
0: Well, it's actually gotten better from when I graduated in 2007. Uh, you basically had a choice of work with a broker. Or have enough money to afford a firm like mm. ours, yeah, yeah. And so there was really no in between. And brokers then, and just because somebody's a broker doesn't mean like they're a bad person. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not trying to do it the right way. There are some ways in which that compensation model is set up where there are conflicts of interest. Yeah, there are a lot of like really good people in that model, mm-hmm. but it's hard to assume that that's the default for everybody. Mm-hmm then the robo advisor came along mm-hmm. and I think the robo advisor changed things because it gave people a really low cost way to invest. Mm-hmm. And you know, to me that's the good in between. So we have at plan court bright plan, which, you know, primarily is offered as a, corporate financial wellness benefit, but you know, I think for people listening, if they want to invest, like we can give them a special link. You got show notes for this. We'll give them a special uh, link to sign up. And, yeah. I then,
1: think I got show notes now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, uh, I mean, here's what I will say is you can go to brightplancom slash simple. Um, and that page is related to the book, uh, making money simple. And then you sign up. This you exclusive. Free. You see yeah, this, this is exclusive. <laughs> you didn't even know this could happen. You didn't three, even know <laughs> three, three months of Bright plan. And that's, us managing the money Um, pretty big that's a good stop gap and i think that's sort of as technology can take care of the low-hanging fruit of what we Mm -hmm. do that's a good in between now the challenge is what i dislike about the robo advisor option is it's really easy to change your plan Uh, and so like when you get scared you can go on your phone and make a change uh whereas if you're a client of a human advisor you gotta call them to make a change and they'll be like well hold on Like we planned for this Mm -hmm. uncertainty. Like the market falls all the time. And that's the thing that I think younger investors... Are probably least prepared for. So, oh boy, yeah, sure. Like during the pandemic, oh my gosh, the market fell thirty percent in a month. Like, sure, okay, fine. But realize, my first recession was eighteen months. Yeah, no, S and P lost sixty percent. Yeah, no, tell it when you lose sixty percent and you don't like. It's my first year out, so I didn't really have any money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really easy to lose sixty percent on your money when you don't really have that much. Yeah, if I lost sixty percent of my money now, I'd be a little. (laughs) more unhappy yeah. like back then. I'm like, I just got, I was like trying to sell clothes to like put more money oh, in the market. Oh no, this is scary. No, no, I just, anything I could, I I'd make like it a batch like- of spaghetti and I'd eat it all week. And I would have like a turkey sandwich every day. You were like Netflix. living out of your yeah. car, Yeah, walking no, to work. I, I was living cheap. And I'm like, I have to have more money to invest. And I was thinking, man, generational opportunity to put money to work. And I don't really have any money. So I like, 401k did that. And anytime I had extra cash, but like the pandemic, so I always used to tell people like, wake me up when we're down 30%. Uh-huh. So the market's down 10% all the time on average, once every 12 months, um, it's down 20% on average every like three ish years. The reason's always different. It's always scary in the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's totally normal. And I always write this email for Corp when we're down 10% being like, we've had a market correction Yeah, and yeah. everybody internally knows that I don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I understand it's comforting to clients, but like 10%, like wake me up when we're down 30. Uh-huh. So we were finally down 30 and I'm thinking, all right, I'm a little bit older. I have some savings. I'm going to move the cash. It's time to go. Yay. Yeah. I'm gonna move the cash. And by the time the cash even got to my brokerage, we'd already been off to the races. I was like, what happened? <laughs> so I think, you know, the thing I worry about with younger investors and even people my age. so I'm 37. Um, since Adaro's making me out to be a dinosaur, <laughs> not even 40, um,
1: but there are a lot have of- I would pe- put in the show notes like 50 year old- That's
0: right. <laughs> Like balding, gray haired, walked in with a cane. Yeah, couldn't Um, even get up the stairs. It was kind of sad. Well, I had a Gatorade. I got I got my Gatorade here, so I can hydrate. Yeah, you gotta stay hydrated when you get old. Otherwise, like your body starts hurting. But the uh, you know what? What I worry about for younger investors, and this probably applies to anyone thirty five and under, because you missed the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. But even people under forty, where they maybe didn't have that much in savings Mm -hmm. during the financial crisis, and they saw this quick bear market yeah 30 in a month is vicious that is vicious but like yeah like bad markets happen and Mm -hmm. so the key especially when you hire an advisor they'll earn a lifetime of fees by just making sure you don't mess up you can lose so much money and give up so much future return by making a mistake in a down market and that's where i feel like we were talking about difference between like robo advisor Uh and human the human can step in and rationalize with yeah. you. Whereas your computer, the best it can do is like have some algorithms to be like, "Hey, you're going to owe this much in taxes yeah. if you sell," and that's not enough to stop some people.
1: And two two things I do want to say. One, I, man, who I, I might lose some friends over this. I, I really don't care, but I I I get so annoyed, especially whenever people are talking about. Um, like investment returns especially inside of the crypto space and they're like yeah like you know within the last 12 months the the rate of return has been blah 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 i'm like bro that's not even longer than the financial cru- like you're talking about an investment return over the last 12 months and this is supposed to then inform the re- like it's so oh man like it's annoying how stupid it is because <laughs> like i've told people yeah. i'm like the biggest issue is like i man oh man some people really might not like me this is okay but this is maybe where i might be annoyed with some financial education like i think this can in some ways be a disservice of it because it's almost like almost viewed as like the oily people like the i don't know if you ever had an oil friend you know there's like which i will say let let me spoken like a true texan
0: yes right (laughs)
1: Pull out snake oils. In Texas. They work for Yeah, they work in energy. Yeah, I know what that's like. I, do, I do want to say congratulations to all the like. Mind you, I went to a, like I was pretty involved in my church in college. I'm still involved in my church, but at my church in college there were so many people who like sold the oils. But I do want to say congratulations to you guys. For, you know really reading the m- room during covid because they like <laughs> i thought like it was a really well-played job by them by not coming in and saying like you know like our oils can come and help like fix your covid so good job with y'all but one thing i do want to say it's like it's almost like the oil people as in comparison to like a medical doctor you know it's just like you like figure out like that there's some truths of like yeah there's some natural be- <laughs> excuse me there's some natural benefits of like using things that are natural but at the same time, maybe you should take this prescription. Like you know, like maybe
0: you should enroll in chemo. Like I'm just like, there's like some reality. Science is an accent. You know, yeah. I thought you were talking about oil, like energy oil. Oh no, 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 no no. <laughs> no, no. I'm following you now. But now to explain no, to all I'm the listeners, about, like, literally why the like, one you put yes, on your body. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. No, like, that, like those.
1: I'm not going to call them weird. uh, But those people. Does that make? I don't know. if That you tracking with that?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that. There's so much information coming out. I mean, you got people taking financial information from people on TikTok. Oh, and to me, that seems insane. And so Scary. Like, shout out to Mike from compliance. Like these people don't have compliance. That's, that's, they're true. not actually registered with the SEC. Yeah. There is nobody overseeing them. So there's like this difference in like what we're doing right now. Like mm-hmm. some of it's fun, some of it's informational, but ultimately, like we're trained. Yeah. We take certain examinations that allow us to get, there's a series 65 that legally allows us to give investment advice, but anyone can pull up their cell phone and be like, Hey, I had 10 X over this period and I quit my job. And like, there are people who don't even really remember what the tech bubble was like, where people quit their job to day trade. And that was like a sign. I was young during the tech. I mean, I was in like eighth grade or something. So like, I don't really remember the tech bubble, but You read enough about it. Yeah. I
1: I think one other thing that I've honestly thought about is because we're talking about like the cost, uh, that's associated with like hiring an advisor. Like, you know, some people feel like it's expensive. Some people once again might come at my neck for this, but I'll, you know, stand, I'll stand on this. Uh, I'll probably die on this in some ways because I think that, um, a lot of the research that Texas Tech has done, um, has like proven some of this, but there's been a huge emphasis on like mental health over the last like couple of months, especially with like COVID and then really just our country in, in general, like kind of noticing like, yeah, maybe we should like go to someone and talk to people about our issues. Cause we're humans and we all have yeah. those issues. And it's so surprising that like, we know that like it's, it's a widely adopted thing, but people are still so arrogant to think that they can take care of their finances. Yeah. Like that they don't need an outside opinion with, and then even apart, like even to add on top of that, I think it's, really awesome how you even mentioned i mean you're a chief investment officer of a really well-established firm and you know our our firm is a really great financial planning firm like we do a lot of great things and you have an advisor and i think that's like really beneficial I, i mean and i think i've heard you even mention this but like even for your spouse like it gives her the chance to be able to like probably feel a little bit more comfortable so like i don't know it's just really crazy to see that there's this huge uptick in like counselors being able to charge like some ways like astronomical prices sure. now for sure. their like an hour of counseling session once a week. Like, you know, right. but then it's a hard sell to have someone manage your finances that will, you know, literally impact every else, everything else that you do in your life. Well, that, it's like, hard.
0: Crazy? It's hard for people, I think to like right size when things aren't going wrong. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I don't need an advisor. So, you know, an advisor yeah. will help you find opportunities in good times. I still feel like they earn lifetimes worth of fees in bad times from just helping you avoid mistakes. But even in good times, people get greedy. They do silly things. Yeah. Um, But the other piece is that the media and like big Wall Street, the people who profit from individual traders just doing Mm -hmm. whatever they want. They have no incentive to make it clear that an advisor would help them. And so, like, they push them to do it on their
1: own. So, so Peter, uh, also, I'm just going to have to let you guys know this. I'm definitely – this is funny to me because it shows, like, how uh, – I guess you can say – what's the word? Humble this is. I'm going to have to pause this because my video is going to run out after 30 minutes, and it's been 28 minutes. Yeah, well, do, this is,
0: like, the commercial break. So yeah. what we'll do is we'll do a commercial break, uh, gonna, like, one of the many podcast people who uh, – Advertise you. We can pretend that you have advertisers already. I wish. Oh no. Don't say you deleted the video. Okay, 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 okay. It was split into two files. Jesus Christ! I almost pissed my pants. All right, we're back. <laughs>
1: we're back. Back on, and I'll just give a clap just to make sure that we have a one two. All oh right. I know you're going twice yeah. oh we're going oh you want to go twice that's right. I don't know well we got the first one on there I, right. I, for some reason
0: I thought you were gonna go twice
1: yeah that was the commercial break but the question I, I I want to ask because I think a lot of people find this interesting once again let me just give some people some context because I didn't get a you know give Peter his flowers and talk about how awesome he is I do it pretty often but <laughs> Peter is not only the chief investment officer of you know one of the top Financial planning or wealth management firms in the nation, you know, manage what is like six billion dollars of assets. Yeah, we're, under we're management.
0: like right around six billion. Right
1: Close now. to six billion dollars of assets under management. Uh, CFA, CFP, uh, rights for the Wall Street. Like you're, you, you have a lot of expertise. You've been in the industry for a while. So I want to ask for the listener who you know is let's say anywhere from like twenty one to you know as you said thirty five give them and give them some insight of what like big wall street actually looks like and kind of give people an insight of like, whenever people are writing these articles, like what are they actually trying to do? Like, and I know it might be hard for them to kind of like, you know, decipher um between some of these things, but you're, this is kind of a lot of where your expertise is in, in, the, in the investment planning and investment management side of things. But I don't know, could you just give some people some insight of what that usually looks like?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that, the important thing to realize is that there's very little out there. That's free. There's very little free advice. Mm. Everyone has a motive. And so, you know, one of the things you can do, whether you're watching a TikTok video or Instagram reel, or listening to a podcast or watching someone on TV or YouTube or reading an article is think like, what are these people's motives mm-hmm. and big wall street, you know, you can go watch, uh, there's like a, 1980s movie called Wall Street. Uh-huh. Amazing. Gordon Gecko. Like, that's that. You go watch that. That's Man, cool. are you sure you were? I was you're sure you know, you're only thirty seven, so I I I don't know when I, I don't know when it came out in the eighties, but I know I think I was alive. But I know the chief investment officer of my old firm's like you have to watch this movie. So I think if like you're into investing, you have to watch Wall Street and Gordon Gecko. No, you have to Wall watch Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Well, no, see Wolf of Wall Street, that's just pump and dump penny stocks. You no, know, you know, that's what my generation thinks. Yeah, so like that's less Wall Street. That's you know scams. Wall Street, (laughs) Wall Street. Like when I think of Wall Street, I think of like the big banks, Uh and they're like they look at their customers as dollars, not as people, and they want to sell you everything. And the the industry has changed a lot, Mm -hmm. but I would say like when I think about big Wall Street, I think of they want you to trade. So if you're regardless of where your trading account is, somebody's getting paid every time you trade. Even if the trades are free, somebody's paying for order flow and you're paying for it in the form of worse execution, which you might not think is a big deal, but like there is no free, like if it's free, you are the product. Maybe that's the big thing. So,
1: so whenever Robinhood says they offer free trading,
0: it's not really free. Well, there's no commission. It's commission free trading, but Uh they sell your orders to people who then make money off of execution. Meaning if a, Just like hypothetically, if a stock is trading at $50.50 and you want to buy it, maybe they're going to sell it to you for $50.55. Those are just like kind of hypothetical numbers. It's usually smaller. Well, depending on the security, it could be bigger Mm -hmm. or it could be smaller. But there's that. The fact that they're making money off of your deal flow, because there's these um, – I'm totally blanking on the name. The high-speed traders, Mm -hmm. they just need deal flow to to trade off of. And so like if it's free – you are the product and they sell you other stuff too. And they make money off your cash. I mean, Charles Schwab, who is a tremendous, uh, I'd consider him partner of plain Corps. We custody assets there. Mm-hmm. You know, They hold the assets, but they make, I think like 60% of their money off of your cash deposits. Wow. Because they go out and they take the cash and then they go buy bonds and they pocket the yield and then pay you basically nothing on your cash. Yeah. And so like it's, it's uh, you know, I think it's just understanding the incentives is really where it's at. And, there are when there's this gordon gecko image he made money you know the traditional picture of a wall street broker that i have in my mind is that they made money when they when you traded so every transaction they got a commission or Mm -hmm. based on what you bought so like used to be that people made a lot of money when they put you into mutual funds the mutual fund would kick it back yeah yeah there's still some of that going on which is insane to me like yeah um and that people aren't letting their clients know that this is happening. Totally insane to me. But eventually that stuff's going to go away because you have a more informed, younger generation. Yeah. It's pretty powerful in that sense.
1: Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I think like so much of this becomes really interesting to me because it's cool to see... What happened with older generations? We're not gonna call you old anymore. It's it's I cool mean, to see. Dang, I am a millennial. <laughs> it's cool to see what happened with like even <laughs> even like you know probably your your chief investment officer and like the 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 generation before him. It's like it's really interesting to see the ways um that. Uh, different things that they did that maybe weren't even intentionally bad have like trickled down and like caused different effects that we see um today and it's like it makes me curious of like dang like whenever i have a like a, a child one day like what is that new thing going to be you know like like what is the what is the new cryptocurrency of uh of my kids day you know gonna be? so it's just it's a really interesting thing to like even hear you kind of give some like context on it because the reality is Robinhood doesn't tell people that, you know, and I, I right. think it's, it's really hard for, you know, your consumer to get like valuable, uh, what is the right word, advice, education, um, technically, and it's just, I don't know, I do think sometimes like it worries me. I'm just like, dang, like some of my friends, like do some really stupid things, you know, like, it's kind of crazy.
0: Well, here's the thing is, uh, the old, like, I've always said a good savings rate can cover up a lot of really bad, bad decisions. So like anyone listening or watching, You got a company retirement plan, like aim to max that out. and Don't mess around with it. Like get it in index funds or get it in a target date fund. Get it in something that is boring and just like let it go to work. And then go like we talked about earlier. Like it's fine to have an account where you're like expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. It's more of a hobby. And if you do great, awesome. If you run out of money in your play account, I would say it's game over. Like don't put more money in there.
1: I I think the sad reality is uh, I think people – in my generation, do not give one flying f about their four hundred one k. I think they might put was enough in when
0: I was to get too. a
1: match. They might, yeah. they might get the match, but after yeah. that, everything else does not matter to them. Like, and in, in, in some ways, like. I get it, you know, in the sense of like retirement seems really far away. Um, but I'm just like, wow, like this is why sometimes I'm like, yep. man, if there's an 18 month recession, my friends are done for. <laughs> I'm just like, it will be a scary moment. And I'm going to come back on here and told all of you guys that I told you so. And I was time right. Yeah. Time stamp this. And this is proof that, um, Odaro has always been right. I guess you can say, but well, I think that's a given. Thank you. We're timestamp. You did say the... this on our first uh, second podcast together that we're always right. <laughs> we are always. Right. We this is listen. It's just a and part of. it. If it
0: doesn't seem that way because it might seem that we're factually wrong, I maybe just get your eyesight checked. Or yeah, I, yeah, what we're. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe get your yeah or yeah, ears. check your ears. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe get a little bit of the Q tips in That's there right. and make sure that you get everything out. Um, I did want to wrap up and probably ask one more thing. So the question I have for you is if you were to see, you know, just your, what's the word I'm looking for, what's the age I want to use, like a 24-year-old, right? You see a 24-year-old at a coffee shop, and they're like, hey, you're Peter Lazaroff, um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, it's Peter. So this assumes
0: uh, I'm famous. This is interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw you from saw you from TV. Or actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna create another hypothetical. 24 year old is like, oh, you're Peter lazaroff I was substitute teaching <laughs> your kids' class, and all the kids kept on talking about you. Wow. So if there was one thing, if the person did ask you, if there was one thing you would give them as far as like just financial planning. Or investment planning tips. What would that one thing be? That, but it can't be something that you would have told someone around your age at 24. Does that give some context? So it has to be different. Like, what is something you would say to the Gen Zer who spends a lot of time on TikTok
0: and Instagram? Oh. I'd say read a book. Okay. Uh, no, it's, That's actually funny. That was, that was pretty, uh, old man of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say just as a disclaimer, the CIO at the first firm I was at told me, like gave me advice for a long, He's like, watch less TV and read more books and you're going to be super successful. And I didn't really listen to <laughs> but I mean, I read a ton now. It took yeah, me, yeah. it took me around like 26, 27, 28 is when I that kicked in. Okay. But, um, time, you know, I yeah. think like someone who's 24 and they got savings, I would say like, uh, kind of what I said earlier. I feel like it's when you don't know anything about anybody, it's always safe to be like, "Hey, make sure you're using like your employer retirement plan." Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of friends at, even though you said I couldn't use the save advice, who, in their early twenties, are like, "I'll just save when I get older." The first ten years, like you see compounding. I'm gonna make sure I do this right on the camera, so it's <laughs> gonna go that way. Like, normally, I'd go that way. But go this way. Go that way. You know, so like it, the it, hockey sticks but like a big contribution of return happens in that first 10 years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think people, the goal is not like, don't spend money, Mm -hmm. like go live your life, but just be committed to automated savings and don't look at it. So like automated investments for a long period of time that you don't have to think about is all you really need to do. And if you have more capacity to automate more, go ahead and do more. You don't have to do big sums. I mean, $25 a paycheck, that's a start. Like that's where, I mean, if that's what it's got to take, start there. I think one of the issues is when people get to finances, there's all these different decisions and you don't know where to start. And so you just like get in the fetal position instead. Mm -hmm. And I know like for me, I mean, even at work, when I got like a million different things to do, I yeah. get a little like crazy. Yeah, like, well, yeah, which yeah. one? And I start like kind of partially do a yeah. bunch of them, but don't actually finish any of them. I think yeah, with finances, it's life. real easy to fall in that trap. And so it's like, and it, because it's so boring, it takes so long to see progress. Yeah. People don't want to do it. So, like, you go to the gym. If you go to the gym, you're going to every day for a week. And this assumes that you weren't going to the gym previously. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to see a difference in your body. Yeah. Like, in your finances, it's going to take forever. Like it's going to take a couple of years before yeah. you notice a little difference. Yeah. You know, that instant feedback isn't there. And that's why people want the, the investments that go up a lot quickly. Yeah. So like, I think it's Fair kind point. of just telling people like, Hey, make sure your retirement like is important mm-hmm. and that you stick away a little bit of money. The other piece stick away a little bit of money for like an emergency or an unexpected expense. So we always call them emergency funds. I've been sort of trying to toy with the idea of maybe calling them opportunity funds because you you know, like work. it creates more opportunity, more freedom. I like that. Um, yeah, like because I kind of treat my emergency fund like a piggy bank when an opportunity comes. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well now I got some cash here. Like the market's down thirty percent, or you know, there's a business venture I want to be a part of. But if you're putting again, doesn't have to be big dollars, but yeah, twenty five bucks, fifty bucks paycheck into just the cash savings. That's like I am not spending this unless I like it's my last resort. Yeah. I'm just getting that good habit. Once you have a good savings habit. A lot of stuff tends to fall in place.
1: I, I usually, I feel like my new word that I use, like, and even sometimes, like, if I'm on calls, instead of saying goals, I like ask people, like, what are some of their dreams? Mm. Cause I feel like whenever yeah. people like hear goals, they like pigeonhole themselves into like just thinking of like, I have to say the financially right thing, you know? Right. It's just like, yeah. I want to buy a home, but it's like, nah, maybe you want to, and I was, you know, t- hanging out with friends the other day, and I'm gonna actually use this as an opportunity to say this, but I was hanging out with, uh, with one of our colleagues, Emily, and her fiance, Tony. To we love and Emily. Tony. And Tony, yes. Uh, and I remember I was like mentioning, it's been hard for me sometimes to explain the benefit of investing and saving to younger people. Um, because most of the time it's just like, oh, you want to save for retirement or you just want to save for a down payment of a house. And I feel like those things are usually kind of boring to people. So it's like kind of hard to like really um encapsulate, I guess you can say, like the benefits of it. But I thought of it yesterday and I was like, dude, you should invest so you can maybe have a longer paternity leave. Like because one of our one of our colleagues, you know, just stepped out on paternity leave and extremely excited for him to be able to spend time with this kid. And I was just like, man, how cool would that be? Not saying that this person wants to be gone for six months or even 12 months, but like how cool would that be once you hit your 32nd birthday and, you know, your second kid comes around and you can financially look at yourself and say, oh, no, I have the ability to step away for maybe a year or two to like be with my family. And it's like it's not going to impact your retirement goal because you saved when you were 22, you know, like I, I don't know. I just think it's an easier thought. For, uh, for a 22, 26-year-old to conceptualize rather than just saying like you want to make sure that you have things good whenever you're retired. It's
0: like nah, yeah. I don't really care about like, 60-year-old. Money me. doesn't make everything perfect, but it does give you optionality. And so like gives you freedom to do what you want. Like if you want to go to a startup, but they're not going to pay you much. They're just going to pay you all in options. Dang, you need some point. cash to float you. So like that yeah. would be why you're investing. Or um, I know right before I came to Plain Corp. Uh, people from the stadium committee here in St. Louis to try to keep the Rams were mm-hmm. recruiting me to work for them for a year, but it would have been with no awesome. pay. Now, I'd done like my economic thesis in public funding of stadiums. I was a huge Rams fan. I'm re- what's the what's the opposite of shout out to Stan Kroenke like reverse shout out to Stan, Who is Kroenke? Stan Kroenke? He's the owner of the Rams. He's he took oh. St. Louis actually just got a seven hundred seven hundred ninety million dollar settlement for. Can I say Bunch something? Yeah. That
1: was literally the the worst deal. In like deal history, like what, I the seven
0: hundred ninety million, or yeah, that we got taken you know, the, the team. This,
1: well, both. I think. Yeah, you, this, I think St. Louis. Literally, it was. It was almost embarrassing. I'd like, rather have the seven hundred ninety million than nothing. Well, what? You, well, there wasn't a chance that y'all could have just gotten expansion. There's team? There's
0: a chance. Well, I mean, you could still get an expansion team. Well, like uh, that should have been the deal. They should have just said, "Give me another team." Yeah, I wouldn't have trusted them. You would. Yeah, t- I mean, well, no, that, look, that, if another team comes, I don't know how we're not like at the top of the list because before the monkey business it sounds like almost all the voters wanted us to have a team and then Cracky said he'd foot the legal bill and they're like all right fine I'll yeah. we'll right. get richer <laughs> expansion piece. i'm sorry uh, to cut you yeah, off yeah yeah but- side prize oh yeah so uh so i would have you know i was able to entertain this job offer ultimately i decided to go to plain corp Praise I told God! Our CEO Chris Kirkoff's shout out to Chris. Shout, shout out to just Chris. Everybody, yeah, everybody to everybody's out. getting in on it. Let me tell you, uh, Peter
1: was not at PlanCorp. Jesus, I don't know what I don't know. What my life would look like. Oh man, probably be sitting in like a a back office doing pair like just paraplanning planning work and probably quitting.
0: Well, I told. Oh man, more shout outs. Amy Jones. Shout out to Amy now, uh, Chief Big shout out to Amy. So when we met Adaro, I was like. Oh, that's that's the one that needs Thank to you. come work for us and she's like well that's not really how it works i'm like well no like let's just like make sure he comes and works for us that's who i want to work with and she's like well you know we get to come back it's not even his year to apply and i'm like all right well i'll come back because i don't like do college recruiting and amy's like okay we'll just she, amy's the peter whisperer she kind of calms, peter- <laughs> calms me down like i get overly excited the peter i like that um yeah well man multiple tangents off that
1: i'm sorry Free- yeah, yeah. no
0: i'm the one doing it so freedom the money gives gives you optionality it lets you make choices when i had this job opportunity i went to chris i'm like hey by the way i got this thing that's cool sorry with my job offer still be here i was like i don't think i'm gonna do it but even the ability to say that was super cool yeah um and so i think if you can't if retirement seems too far away like think about all of the career options like oftentimes even this is true investing like people who are well funded in a crisis tend to make out like bandits Mm. now like you can because they can be opportunistic and i think that's a lot of what having the emergency fund is about and that's a lot of why i've started trending towards calling it an opportunity fund it's a little less draconian and it's mm-hmm. also just like true what it can be um but i
1: i do have one last quick okay, question yeah, before
0: the thing runs yeah out, before was, the yeah. thing runs
1: out dance is embarrassing this is something you hear all the time with a lot of young people that they say since i'm young i can take upon more risk Yep. So that's their reasoning for investing in a lot of, uh, I would okay. say more risky assets. So even if that's like individual stocks or even if that is uh, like crypto assets, shout out to Tyron V. Ross for there teaching me go. that there's yeah. a, you know, a little bit of a difference.
0: Uh, but, Tyrone, shout out to Waffle House, uh, well, where oh, you know, Tyrone yeah. <laughs> and I like to, to get down with some big old waffles. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: It was since we're on the shout out train uh
0: yeah, also really. i just want to <laughs> this is the first episode we're gonna get everybody in stay tuned for the uncut version where we literally say the name of every person we know
1: josh brown please let me come on your podcast uh out- come on Josh. the, the yeah. animal spirits that was the first investment podcast that I really listened to because you recommended it to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Michael and Ben's podcast, Animal Spirits. So if people don't Phenomenal. listen to investment, I know that Josh podcast, Brown's not
1: on that one, but
0: sometimes he is. And he does the compound and they go on that. All the guys at Red Holt's wealth management and all the content they create is just rock solid and they get it. And I think that's what, so that what I really loved about you. I think you had a question asked, but now Mari answering something, no, it's else, okay. but, but like is. You were in college and you were creating content, and that is so important. Like I think, being a good advisor, it's not enough just to be a technical person. Like you gotta mm-hmm. be able to communicate. And I think while I don't feel like I need to physically be with somebody all the time, holding their hand, if I'm constantly putting my voice out there That's the way that point. you yeah. are, then people know that they can come to me and they can feel confident. And I think if you're confident. You're less likely to make mistakes, and you know it. It ultimately becomes a really important part of the advisor-client relationship.
1: I appreciate you for saying that. I I, I did want to the the question that I did want to ask was a lot of times I think people have um, once again this half truth of. Um, people think risk equals return sure. rather than risk like is correlated um to return i'm right on that right? I'm, I'm correct yeah. i just want to uh, i got scared for a second uh but with that being said i think a lot of people um hear that and they say okay i'm going to be a lot more risky with my investment decisions earlier on and i think you mentioning the um the really big benefits of compounding interest in those early years it kind of makes me curious of like Well, could you kind of give a little bit of parameters around the risk that people should take while they're young? Because I'm thinking like, man, if you want to be extremely risky, there's still a chance for loss. and. You're not going to have the ability to, you know, because yep. once again, whenever we're talking about risky, I'm probably referring to someone's asset allocation of a diversified portfolio. Right. Other people are just talking about, like, doing something crazy, Shibubu you know, like, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no investment, disi- like, no investment sounds dumb on the front end. Like, someone can make any investment sound great. Right. You know, like, it sounds dumb after it fails. Like I don't Yeah.
0: Know. So risk, you're, you're right. You're spot on risk and return are related, uh, but related, there are some foreign. risks that you don't get. Compensated for that, you wouldn't rationally expect a return. So, for example, like when I invest in a company, like the choice of, oh, I can keep my money in cash, I can invest in McDonald's, uh-huh. I can invest in Adaro's lemonade stand, <laughs> or I can like lend a bond to the government. Uh-huh. Like those are all different levels of risk. And like if I'm going to invest in Adaro's lemonade stand and it's not like a charity, <laughs> you know, like, that better be a good return. It's like McDonald's got global operations. Like why yeah, would I yeah. go put it there? Or if I'm just lending money to the government, like it's probably going to come back to me. I don't demand as high of a return. So the risk and return piece, they are super, super tightly related, but owning individual, like that's what you call non-systemic risk or uh-huh. non-systematic risk or idiosyncratic risk. Like you're not compensated for that. Yeah, and You're compensated for broad market risk. And so that's why oftentimes, you know, yes, you can make a ton of money from a very concentrated position or a mm. super risky and the terms of definition, like a risky bet, like it's a bet that's yeah. maybe the key word. Let me walk all that bet yeah, if speculating your betting that's not that's not what we do. like we are not speculating or betting. We are investing in risky assets, investing, not betting, not speculating, and that's where returns come mm. in. Yes, if you are young. I, I mean, you, you ought to have mostly stocks. So I was a hundred percent stocks for a very, very long time. And the only place I'm not a hundred percent stocks is in our 401k models. Mm-hmm. I'm just in our most aggressive one. That's an 80 20 and all the rest of my money is in a hundred percent stocks. But as I keep contributing to that 401k bonds are going to make up a bigger part. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I think it's on my 50th birthday. I'm going to buy be at 70 30. That's what I decided, which is still yeah aggressive. But yeah. that's the thing you're young, put it in the stock market leave it alone, just keep buying, like never stop buying, make it automatic, never sell, don't panic, don't try to be cute and don't be smart. Like try to be
1: cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, one thing I want to say to wrap this up is, uh, I think everyone has like those, those moments in life whenever they kind of see like the next tier or like the next level. It's like, you know, probably, you know, growing up, People who are drinking underage are probably drinking like M D twenty twenty and then you know, yeah, you so you cool. finally like you finally have a sip of like real bourbon or you know, something that's actually like high cost you're like, wow. Like this is a big difference. That's right. For all you people who've been on TikTok <laughs> For all you people who've gotten your financial advice from TikTok and all these other Instagram accounts that just sound really sexy and smart and all this different stuff, this is the real stuff. Like, did you see that? The analogy was pretty good. I was kind of like, dang, Peter's cooking. But this is the difference, okay? This is the big difference between academic approach and opinion. So, once again, what I'm really trying to get at is you have no other option now other than to listen to me or Peter because we're the ones who are right. And that's really the the fact of the matter of this whole entire podcast is that we're always right. I'm joking. Um, but thank you guys. Shout for, out for Mike, this is no
0: guarantee oh, of anything. Yes, I thank we're you so much for kidding.
1: This is a joke. Uh yeah. for everyone out there, yeah. this is a joke. I'm not always right. Um in everything. You should probably ask my parents and all of my exes. Uh but with that being said, I really do appreciate you for coming to the podcast, Peter. This one will definitely get posted. And the other ones too. Like one day. It'll just I'll sell it to Netflix for like um, the two tr- untold
0: stories yeah. of Peter and Odaro.
1: I'll sell it for like two trillion dollars because by that time, you know, since inflation's gonna be like
0: be famous by then.
1: Well, inflation's gonna, you know, continue right, to go inflation. at eight percent, you know, for every year. Man. Uh so that's the reason why we need stable coins this is all a joke. Uh but with that being said, you guys don't forget to follow me on all my socials. Uh just O'Daro on Instagram, at the on Twitter, follow me on my LinkedIn, no moneymo problems.com, subscribe there. It's where you can find all of my stuff. Peter, do you want to give a plug to your...
0: At Peter Lazaroff. Everywhere. All the platforms. Dang, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Website, PeterLazaroff.com. Well, no, you got a cool website name. I'm jealous of that. Thank you. I couldn't come up with one. Uh, or go to my podcast, TheLongTermInister.com. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I'm not gonna lie. This is the fourth podcast episode I've recorded today. That's why you're cooking. Um, seems like you were dude, warmed up. We are, we're, we're, we're just doing stuff today, but, uh, this is awesome. Can I'm people, that we could do this. Can
1: I do like a raffle for a free book? Of yeah. Each? yeah.
0: How about, uh, people like screenshot that they subscribed? Uh, you'll be entered into a raffle. with we'll, you we'll like five books or something? Yeah. Signed
1: yeah even wow yeah man this is a perfect way to end this first podcast
0: signing him you or me
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you want my signature all right y'all well thank you so much for tuning in the no money No problems podcast i will talk to you guys later peace all
0: right that's good
1: odaro is an employee of plant corp all opinions expressed by odaro and any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of plant corp this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of PlanCorp may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.